Coming at you like a hot piece of butter melting over a biscuit. It's Massacre Radio number 23 as we continue our ongoing efforts to dig a little deeper and sift through the facts as we attempt to draw our own conclusions. I'm your host, Members Only Dave, and on today's show I'm joined by Laura Eisenhower. Yeah, I'm sure you might have guessed that based off her last name, she is in fact Dwight D. Eisenhower's great-granddaughter. And today, we're zeroing in on his alleged meeting with the extraterrestrials, talking about what happened on that night back in 1954. What sort of dealings and understandings were reached between Ike and the extraterrestrials? And how does it impact our daily life even today as we attempt to separate the fact from fiction? We're going to get into all that and more coming up next. Yeah. You're listening to Massacre Radio. In today's fast-paced world, you have enough to worry about as it is. Abortion, domestic terrorism, gay marriage. Which is why you shouldn't have to worry about finding a radio station that has good family values. Because it's all here for you at your fingertips. Massacre Radio, voted best radio station for a record seventh consecutive year by Reader's Digest. What's so good about Cleveland? Massacre Radio on WKMA. WKMA means radio. Massacre Radio. Here now, courtesy of the Massacre Radio hotline, which you too can call at 440-941-8585. It's Laura Eisenhower. Laura, thank you so much for your time today and joining us on Massacre Radio. How's things? I'm actually doing great. How- now, before we get started, just a little background for the listeners. Like I had mentioned at the top of the show, yes, you are in fact former president Dwight D. Eisenhower's great granddaughter. And today I'm going to be talking to you about a couple of questions pertaining to his alleged meeting with the extraterrestrials back in 1954. Go through some of the misinformation and all that. But Laura, I guess my first question is, what's it like for you to be the connective tissue, so to speak, between that alleged incident and the present, you know, considering you weren't there talking about and being asked about something you had nothing to do with? What's that like? (laughs) That's such a great question. Well, it's very interesting, and I have learned so much along the way. I actually felt this presence when I was a child. I, I, I was very, uh, I guess you could say, um, awakened to it at a young age. Like, okay, I need to understand this, particularly about ETs. I mean, we have a lot of family members who have written books about the Second World War and about him, but nobody's really touched the subject. And I just knew young that that was my role. I learned a lot. And along the way, a lot of synchronicities happened, and I met a lot of people, very credible people, especially Dan Cooper, who is the senior advisor to the Earth Alliance. And he said that an unconditional surrender agreement happened in 1952 under Truman, where we surrendered to the Nazis, which was around the time that the UFOs flew over the Capitol. This was after Project Paperclip, after Admiral Byrd's mission to Antarctica, which failed. And we get a completely different story in our history book and in the disclosure narrative. MJ-12 actually signed the trees behind his back, and that's what the Unconditional Surrender Agreement was, that the power was given to the shadow government and to MJ-12, not to the president. That was all above top secret. But for them to hide behind all of this, they put this out there so that when disclosure happens, because you can't really hide 
the fact that people are getting abducted and there's UFO sightings. I mean, you just can't hide this after a certain, you know, amount of time. So what they like to do is rewrite history and get ahead of this process by creating these narratives. His relationship really was with Balfour. And Balfour warned the United States government about the Greats and the Nordics and told them about New Berlin, which is an underground city, and how that connects to the Draco Alliance and the Nazis. Okay, so when you first found out about hearing of President Eisenhower, your great-grandfather, meeting with these extraterrestrial ambassadors, and you wanted to get more information for yourself, who did you turn to within the family or otherwise for that knowledge? Well, I just kept doing my thing, and I was doing my own research. I'd gone through my own experiences. Uh, The first person that helped me to understand was Lisa Renee. Her website's energeticsynthesis.com. When I read some of her newsletters, and we formed a strong friendship. She had covered this topic quite a bit. And she talks about, and so does Keylantic Science, which is based on the freedom teachings and the Dora Torah texts and things that have been altered over the course of time that have made it very difficult to understand our true galactic history and what's really been taking place and the level of timeline manipulation and negative alien agendas. And so when it came to the topic of the Second World War and ET government relations, they bring up the date 1930s. And the ones that were behind the exchange of humans and abductions for technology were actually Aleister Crowley, Hitler, and Churchill. So I was like, whoa, okay, so why are we only hearing about this 1954 thing? And then other whistleblowers, other testimonies I bumped into every time I heard the topic, and then I'd bring it in to my presentations, like, okay, there's this to consider. So Elena Danan, she had connection with Balfour. So Dan Cooper and Elena found me. And Dan Cooper, being the senior advisor to the Earth Alliance, said that Balfour, uh, he had a very strong connection with Eisenhower, which Stranger in the Pentagon by Frank Stranges writes about. Other people have really connected into that as being a very legit thing that happened in the late 1950s, where Balfour was put on VIP status at the Pentagon, and he was trying to help that administration. But what I've come to find out is that there was communication with the administration of Truman before Eisenhower stepped into office warning about how the Second World War wasn't really won and we're dealing with something a lot deeper and a lot bigger that has to do with ETs and this New World Order negative alien agenda. So Balfour and Eisenhower ended up forming an alliance and a friendship. He was Ike's advisor. And what Dan Cooper has told me is that Eisenhower set up the USMC special section, which is called Ike's Force, which is a positive branch of the United States Marine Corps that helps turn super soldiers around and out of being owned and controlled by the Dark Fleet, and he set up the White Hats and the Earth Alliance, and Balfour helped him connect with the Guardians to put an outer barrier around the planet, which some whistleblowers have talked about. Laura Eisenhower is my guest. We're discussing former President Dwight D. Eisenhower's alleged meeting with extraterrestrial beings in 1954. Now, Laura, it's also my understanding that this wasn't prearranged. It was spontaneous, and it even happened while the president was on vacation, I read. Why was it he was the one chosen to meet with these so-called extraterrestrial beings? Right, so that's part of the false narrative. What I have come to understand through trying to make sense out of it, because there were people like Gerald Light and Philip Corso. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of testimony that we can't just, you know, throw away. So I'm like, there must be some truth to this. And what kind of makes sense is that he was in the location. He might have gone to the Air Force Base where this was taking place, but he did not have the authority to sign any treaty that was handed over to MJ-12. And that's what's stated in the Unconditional Surrender Agreement in 1952. We surrendered to the Nazis. 
So any other arrangements or meetings with the Grays would have been carried over from when they began. And what another whistleblower from uh, MI16, he said that it's renewed every 10 years. And this originated way before him. And he inherited all this stuff. He didn't sign anything. They falsified documents. I talked to a remote viewer last night. I interviewed her. And they falsified a lot of things that had a fake signature. So a lot of the disinformation plants have been sharing those kind of documents. Some of them are well-intentioned and just didn't have access to the higher top secret information. But they shared a lot that helped us to get to the bottom of things, like Phil Snyder and William Cooper. But they did not have access to this level of top secret information that Dan Cooper had access to. But then there were some that were controlled opposition, whatever you want to call it, or just plants, knowingly or unknowingly, that were pushing these stories and sharing these false documents to just put the blame on Eisenhower. Because the shadow government doesn't want to be busted. They operate in secrecy. So if they can put the blame on the mascot that's acting as the president with these top levels above the president, Mm-hmm. You know, where the power is really in the shadow government that took place after the Second World War, which is why we didn't really win it. Um, now, I mean, what are we seeing in our world today? After Kennedy got assassinated, Eisenhower briefed him about everything. Most of the presidents have been groomed by the three-letter organizations, and they are not legitimate presidents. And most of the leaders that we're seeing. Val Thor really helped him to warn us about the military-industrial complex and, uh, and also set up a lot of the positive military that is still active today. So I just feel he was, fortunately, he worked his way into all this to expose it. And and I'm kind of like the next one coming in to expose what he wasn't able to. It's definitely skipped a generation because my mom and my aunts and uncles, like I'm sitting at the dinner table at this family gathering of like grandkids and his son, my granddad, who I was very close with. And it's like, come on, guys, you want to talk about ETs and UFOs? And it's like, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't down with the UFO alien speak at the dinner table, huh? I mean, shoot, if you can't talk about it, then when can you talk about it, really? No, I mean, they're just sort of like, oh, we appreciate what you're doing. It's not something they can digest. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there were some agreements of, like, you know, Eisenhower really needed to protect them because it was a lot more dangerous. Like, he really had to set these things up that are now ready to be brought to light that had been happening, right, with this positive military, but more being brought to light um, because so many of us are doing this together that it's safer because we have safety in numbers versus, you know, how threatening, I mean, how people were just getting off right and left and the threat of death, the threat of harming your family if you were to say anything. So you had to really come up with some strategies that mm-hmm. um, are still in the works. Laura, earlier you had mentioned some of these false narratives surrounding President Eisenhower's meeting with these so-called alien beings, and I wanted to ask you about this one, the fact that the aliens asked him to do away with nuclear weapons in exchange for, quote, technology that could alter the course of humankind, and he said no deal. Do you have any insight as to what exactly kind of technology the aliens were offering to us by chance? Any idea or speculation? Proposed technology in exchange for objections? That's the supposed first contact with the Nordics, right? So I used to talk about that. I'm like, okay. And he didn't, well, a lot of whistleblowers said he, he didn't want to turn that them down. Uh, they wanted to protect us uh, and encourage spiritual growth. And they were concerned about how nuclear weapons would impact them. And he wasn't going to go for it. But I don't even think that happened because what I heard is Balfour warned about the Nordics. He said they're in bed with the Nazis. 
and they have been, and there was no, uh, like, first contact. It was actually Balfour. Mm-hmm. And the cover story is that there was this first contact with the Nordics, and the Eisenhower administration turned it down. The Nordics warned about the Greys, and in 1954, it was like, whoops, okay, we let the good deal go, and we signed the bad one, right? That is what we've all heard and learned, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much more to it, and it's just important to look at. Because it makes total sense that there would be an unconditional surrender agreement. Project Paperclip had already happened. Admiral Byrd attempting to invade Antarctica happened. The UFOs flying over the Capitol. Truman was still in office. Mm-hmm. That's when they realized, like, we are pretty defenseless with all the advanced technologies that they have. That is certainly interesting stuff. Uh, Lauren Eisenhower is my guest today. We're going to move on from the Ike and Aliens speak for now because, Laura, in general, I wanted to ask you your thoughts as it pertains to commerce between other civilizations within our solar system or even beyond. Do you think that's something that has been taking place? Oh, definitely. I mean, just listening to people that have been in the secret space programs, I mean, one has to be very discerning. But I, I would say the go-to would be Tony Rodriguez in reading his book, understanding the slave trade, also understanding how that commerce kind of works. You got the interplanetary corporate conglomerate, you got all these levels above, and it's not about currency in the way that we use it down here. Some of it is legit. I mean, as far as like benevolent, and some of it is, you know, all about abductions and the MyLab or family members in the Illuminati being groomed and prepared or and abused and traumatized to run altars. I mean, there's so many different scenarios, but it, it does relate to what we see on the ground level of child trafficking, blackmail to, you know, individuals that show up at these parties where they're filmed with these children and some of these children participate in secret space programs. It's like it's all linked. If we can cleanse that and wipe that out and deal with the benevolent ones and, and have that contact without being duped and deceived into trusting the wrong beings that just want a vampire off of us because they're fallen angelic but they're also they've commissioned like the reptilians and all sorts i mean it's so it goes so deep and it's a lot to try and wrap one's head around and i get as close to the truth as i can get it's all a very positive thing but it has to be cleansed of this inverted satanic dark I mean, all these different levels of the secret space program that are very dark. Now, another question here on my sheet. Uh, it says to ask you about the U.S. Air Force and military space program and the off-world projects they are doing. What can you tell us about that, Laura? I wish I knew more, honestly. It's not really where I've been called to mm-hmm. understand. I mean, I get the Earth Alliance and, you know, the White Hats and the Guardians and all that. Space Warden. And okay, yeah, space force and uh, you know these you know other kind of things. It's 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 a hard one. Um, the reason I I I'm gonna like eventually probably be able to answer this question a lot better. I'm not quite ready for it because I have to understand a few things first, so that when I do begin to try and understand it, I know what to look out for and I know what to you know how to navigate it a little bit better. If I could just like have like like an extra brain, you know, that could just work overtime, that'd be great. <laughs> just the enormity of everything I've been sifting through has just been so much in how that affects my, you know, energy, just processing of it all. But I know there's a lot more benevolent operations and things going on than not. I mean, what we see on the world stage is their last ditch attempts to really, you know, keep us in the fear, the trauma, the divide and conquer. Um, But again, I'm always very wary of the things that they tell us about that are looking good because that's usually censored and shut down. They have the power and they've been doing that to shut down those that would be able to help us in these times to navigate. So if there's 
so much censorship going on. That's a big red flag that the voices that we're able to hear to get to the bottom of this might be taking us down the wrong road. You're listening to Massacre Radio on WKMA Cleveland and HD2 Station. We're going to pause right there and be back with more from today's guest, Laura Eisenhower, after this. Oh, man, this guy stinks. Wait, what? This message was brought to you in part by the St. Petersburg Tourism Committee. We'd also like to remind you that St. Petersburg is a division of Florida, a standard ground state. Thank you, welcome, and enjoy your stay. Inside of you, there are two wolves, and they're both listening to Massacre Radio. Only on WKMA, Cleveland, NHD2 Station. We're back here on Massacre Radio on WKMA Cleveland and HD2 Station, and my guest today is Laura Eisenhower. And as you might have suspected, she is in fact former President Dwight D. Eisenhower's great-granddaughter. And today we're talking about Ike, aliens, and secret space programs. Laura, shifting gears here a little bit, I wanted to ask you, since I have you on the phone, what is the most honest truth about the universe you have learned throughout your life? How powerful we are, of course. But, I mean, it's not ego power, right? We have an ego to to teach and to integrate with our soul and, and the multidimensional realms and, 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 you know, really tap into that. It's amazing to see what the universe holds, what we hold within ourselves in connection with that, how that relates to our physical organs, how that relates to our glands and how our glands connect to the stargates and our DNA connects to the planetary grid network and the multidimensional cosmos. Just knowing that, you know, whatever's being thrown at us that comes from outside of us, it's very easy for it to infect our creative channels. And then we enable the very things that we don't want because it relies on our energy to create. It's lost its creative power. That's why it needs to manipulate us so it can steal it and use it because we believe it or consent. Then they're like harvesting it and taking it from us. So they don't have any real power, this inverted matrix deep state in, uh, players, except for the power that they've stolen. So once we realize that and we begin to tap into our visions and dreams and what we want to manifest and create, it's like that's how we call our power back. The duality and the family lines and the inversions and all the different events that took place that scrambled up our DNA and it's just junk and we're only functioning at such a small level. Mm-hmm. When we start to rebuild that and reclaim that, that is the key. And it's not as hard as we think. We just have to know and understand what's actually happened. This is what they're most scared of. We can only win the war on consciousness from within. Once we win that within, we're on a completely different trajectory. And Regardless of what we see around us, we don't have to get yanked back into it. These are sort of the cosmic and earthly validations that this ascension window period isn't just some new age bullshit. There's a lot of new age deception and a lot of BS definitely in the new age, but they don't talk about this kind of stuff or this level of self-development or being authentic. You know, it's very, it's still just about belief systems and giving your power away with different lingo, right? So there's a lot of that BS to hijack these times just like there's false disclosure so once we break up with all that and move through all that and we find our sovereignty and truth we open up to all the possibilities our physiology changes begin to switch on those dormant strands of dna and we recognize that we're the most advanced technology and in holding that strongly and staying in alignment with it we dismantle the dark weapons and they just have no power over us at all you were mentioning your book earlier, Laura. You said it's coming out in March. What else can you tell us about it, and where can the good folks at home check it out if they so choose to? You can pre-order on Amazon. 
it's called Awakening the Truth Frequency. And it's really about, yeah, everything we just talked about. A lot about what I found out about Eisenhower, a lot about my own personal journey, a lot about our galactic history. What is our junk DNA really? And it's all about the alchemical marriage, the sacred union, the hierogamos within ourselves, like rebuilding that architecture, understanding the manipulation of timelines, the dark technology that's been used, some of the origins of all that. And it's just like, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot in there. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some things. It's, 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 it's how this soul alchemy is possible and what, what is there to back it up, right? I go into the mitochondrial DNA, the ether element, how that was put in reversals and inversions, Saturn moon matrix technology, and all these different things to just make it so much harder for us to have this awakening and not to be so hard on ourselves because there is a lot stacked against us. And, uh, and, and to just step out of the manipulative tactics that disable our ability to do what actually would come a lot more naturally if we weren't constantly plugged into it. Mm-hmm. Coming through our TVs, our phones and everything was just like, let's shut it off and like realize that it's so much about connecting with Mother Earth and, and really understanding this planet and how we're stargates connect to the multidimensional cosmos and all these different star systems and uh it's just like trying to recover as much as i possibly can of what has been lost to us that we will not learn in school it's interesting you talk about disconnecting and getting away from our screens because a few episodes ago we had on whistleblower eric hecker and he was basically saying the same things you know have you had a chance to meet and speak with eric hecker by any chance oh yeah yeah we've done conferences together he's great he's been on panels and yeah so when we do that when we take the time then when we come back we can work with technology without it controlling us and infecting us. We can actually inform the AI from our higher dimensional self instead of being beneath it to where it assimilates into us and we begin to lose our soul matrix because of so much of it being encoded with a lot of parasitic, negative, archonic programs to keep us um, you know, very dumbed down. But once we reach these levels that it come real natural to us when we just hold the space for ourselves to experience it, then... When we go back into that world of technology, you know, we override a lot of that darkness. And, you know, we're not going to get rid of technology. Technology is not the enemy. It's just there's some, you know, there's just so much being fed through all of this that we just have to be above. I mean, the AI can only assimilate into low frequencies of fear and just the lower, you know, energies. Uh, When we're in that crystalline or higher consciousness of just love, being authentic, which is everything, uh, it actually dissolve black goo in AI. It just dissolves it. Totally understandable. And by the way, do you still post to your YouTube channel by chance? I know that you used to quite a bit. Yeah, so people post interviews as they do with me, but I don't have a channel anymore. I was banned. I can't use any email to create a new channel, so I don't post anything there. It just, I just can't. So you might find interviews that other people do with me on it. You can find me on Rumble, though. If you go to my website, cosmicguy.org, you'll see my Telegram channel. And you can find me on Rumble, and I have a podcast. I just got back on Twitter. And it's just, yeah, I'm really slow to rebuild these channels, but I hope people will find me and check out, like, what I do. Because I, yeah, I look at people's astro charts, and I'm not your typical reader because of what I know about the manipulation of some of these planetary energies. I've learned a lot about astrology, and, and I have really decent rates to uh, help people navigate this madness. Laura Eisenhower has been my guest today. We will definitely be sure to check you out on Rumble and pre-order that book. Is there anything else you'd like to impart on us before we let you go, Laura? No, I just really appreciate your time, and it's great to meet you. There's a lot that's coming in this new year. Oh, here's my last thought. Yeah. November 30th to December 17th is when the sun moves through a theater, which is the 13th sign. 
the sun started to move through a theatus in 2010. This is why this is considered a window of awakening, which others might call ascension, which is really, you know, just awakening to the fullness of all that we can be. And so the ether element is very, very purifying. And it literally wipes out and dissolves a lot of the squared aspects and negative patternings that we might find in an astro chart. It literally helps people get into that zero point unified field. So, you know, really take some space and time for yourself while this ether energy is really available. Last year when I was paying attention to it and I was doing a lot of detoxing, like, like I had like spirits visiting me that were really benevolent. And I, I, I'm like, finally, like I'm having some real contact here. Um, and I really think because I knew it was a theater this time. I really held the space for myself to really get in the zone. So, you know, this is a really important time for healing. And this is why we noticed that the holiday season is all about, you know, eating a lot of food and just excess and consumption. Because it's such a powerful time moving through the cycles of, you know, nature and how that can help purify us and release and let go and be born anew so that when 2024 hits, we're really prepared when Pluto moves into Aquarius to not be in the shadow element of it all. That is transhumanism and dark technology. We can be the override frequency, which connects with Uranus, which connects with our higher mind, which connects with truth, which will absolutely dismantle the weapons and the false system. So that's to look forward to and align with. Hey, all things to consider as we propel ourselves into the new year. And who knows, maybe then we can do this all over again. There are so many topics I wanted to cover today and we just ran out of time. So we'll have to pick it up from there next time we chat. What do you think? Oh, that'd be amazing. Thank you so much. Laura Eisenhower, thank you so much for your time today. Massacre. Hey, that's our show. Thanks again to our guest, Laura Eisenhower. She was nice enough to take time out of her busy schedule to speak with us. Be sure to go check out our book, too. Give that a pre-order. I mean, we barely scratched the surface with the topics when it comes to speaking with Laura. That's why I definitely want to get her on the show again sometime. Anyway, as always, I've been your host, Members Only Dave. And uh, next week, episode 24. Wow, wrapping up season two already. Hey, I'll talk at you next week. <laughs>